don't know the power of the dark side. I'm not a baby, I'm a man. I am an anchor man. Is this a kissing book? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Hello, welcome along to another episode of Just Like in the Movies, brought to you by GKmedia.ie, and we are looking at some TV series, which are on Netflix and Sky Atlantic at the moment. Joined, as always, by Lisa Tracy and Dave Coyne. Good evening. Good evening. Hello, everybody. Nice to be here. So let's get straight into it and look at 000, starring our favourite, well, one of our favourite Irish actors. Hard to say favourite because there's so many great Irish actors, but it is the one and only Gabriel Byrne. And this is a crime drama. It's about a cocaine shipment making its way to Europe. And it's a new avenue for Sky. They've been pushing original content before, like Britannia, uh, where they'd even have billboards at bus stops. There was Anon with Amanda Seyfried. There was the other movie with Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey. They're really good at promoting stuff, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's any good. Now, they've been very, very good at promoting 000, but is it any good? Let's find out. Dave, can you give us your synopsis of 000? Yeah, well, first of all, I'll just uh, open with a caveat that I've only seen one episode so far because I don't have the subscription that allows me to watch the whole thing. I'm just watching them old school as they come on. So I watched the first episode, and as you said, Gary, I was a bit skeptical because when I see this, no offense to Sky, but Sky original production doesn't, you know, turn me on straight away. It makes me kind of go, okay, what's this going to be like? So I was a bit skeptical. I was like, okay, Sky, see what you got. They haven't really set the world on fire so far just yet. Like, for example, when you see HBO presents, you go, oh, okay. Mm. Um, it's it's kind of um, I love the fact there's an open se- opening sequence is 20 minutes before you get the credits. And it's, uh, you know, Italy all in Italian, <clears throat> you know, with subtitles um, to set up the scene of, uh, and this, these are the, the, the buyers of the cocaine or drugs or whatever the hell it is. I'm not a big drug person. I don't, I always forget which one it is. And then it goes to Mexico and um, we've got the sellers and we see them and they're all speaking Spanish, of course. And it's, you know, the, the world there of uh, the police are trying and the soldiers are trying to stop them from um, their work, essentially. And then we come to the, the the brokers or the people who make the deal, essentially. And this is where we get, um, you know, Andrew Riseborough, Dane DeHaan and uh, Gabriel Byrne, wonderful cast. And they are the brokers who are, you know, they buy a ship and they, they, their shipping company is their cover. And is their front for, you know, basically moving huge amounts of drugs around the world. And I have to say, this episode was excellent. I mean, it had these three kind of chapters. They all tied together. It was a bit Tarantino-esque in terms of its shots and coming back to the same story a few minutes later from a different point of view. And everything in the episode culminates in this one event. And the three different stories kind of tie up in that event it's wonderful. I really enjoyed it. I'm hooked. I'm like, yeah, I want to see more. Show me more. Lisa managed to watch all eight episodes in <laughs> less than a week. Yes. It's very impressive, considering you're a full-time working person as well. Is that <laughs> because you just... Spoilers now. Watch the spoilers. I'll kill you. I did enjoy it, I have to say. But at the same time, it's very difficult to do a review of this without doing the spoilers. Because I want to say things about people that were wasted in the film. And when I say wasted, I mean both terms, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, you do, you do. So there's there's some there's a particular actor that uh, that we don't see enough of 
that's that's used to promote the movie or the <gasps> series and uh, i just think i just feel that like we we sh- we could have seen a lot more of that person but um the non-linear way that it goes is can get a bit annoying but once you get into it you're like okay so we're kind of watching this but we're going to we're going to rewind and we're going to see it from a different angle in a few minutes and it'll reset itself and we'll know where we are but the, the every every section of it like the the mexican part the bit on the boat the bit with the italians like the italians are like oh what would you call it it's like it's not shakespearean would it kind of is shakespearean really to be mm. honest because the the grandfather David, you will find this out in like episode two. If not, Easy. Episode well, one. don't ruin it on me now. Just okay. hold on, hold your powder, will you? For crying out loud. <laughs> it's There's people listening here who haven't seen anything and they're like, oh, give me okay, a review. Okay, 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 okay. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't. Okay, fine. But uh, Don Minou is the guy that's in the ground for a long, long time because he did something very, very bad. And Stefano, his grandson, is a bit of a snake. And, you know, there's just. He gets his, yeah, you know, I, oh, it's so hard to do this without giving away spoilers. How do people do this? Just tell us okay. if you enjoyed it or not. Oh, I really enjoyed it. It's uh, it's really good because it just, it keeps you on your toes and you want to find out what's happening. Even though the part with Mexico gets a bit confusing because you're just like, well, are these guys the army or are they not the army? Are they mm. a faction? Are they, they call themselves the vampires and, and then there's like a Diego and he gets, you know, you know, it's yeah. all, it's but all, it's I'm going to interrupt you there. Cause I can smell the spoiler just going to jump <laughs> out of your mouth. I can smell it. I can hear it <laughs> kind of cracking its knuckles, getting ready to jump out of your mouth. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying because it's complex. Like there's a lot yeah. like, when you say it gets confusing, it's just like there, it, there's a lot happening. And yeah. it's like taking a bite out of a cake. And it's not like, oh, it's a strawberry cake. There's so many fruits in this cake. You're like, oh, I'm getting strawberry. I'm getting ab- apricot. I'm getting avocado. Mm-hmm. There's lots of stuff in this thing. And even yeah. after episode one, I was like, okay, there's some good writers here. There's a good story arc here. There's lots of interesting characters. The performances are good. The production values are high. So it's, mm. you know it's valid and you're like invested. So I, I'm, I'm sold. That's why I'm being very protective of the spoilers here that are jumping out of our mouth. So out of 10, Dave? Out of 10 for me, again, I've only seen one episode so far because yeah. I'm busier than Lisa in the evenings. And uh, I don't have as much free time as she has. But um, I've seen one episode. After one episode, I'm going to give it eight out of 10. And that's after one episode now. So I think that's a pretty good score for a one episode review. I'll be curious to see what Lisa gives it after watching all eight. Uh, I'm going to say a seven, but that's because I just want to say that it is quite violent. Like it, it's, it's gruesome. Like, so it's not for the faint hearted. I don't think. Yeah. And I suppose it's annoying as well, how Gabriel Burns character was killed in. I haven't seen, I haven't seen any episodes, bar the first one. So, well, I've seen the first one and I'm pretty sure he's wearing a bulletproof vest. Okay. Lisa, if you say one word, I... Okay, fine. <laughs> we, have to, we have to work on our spoiler alert policy here. Yeah. <laughs> we have to have some kind of a sound effect or something. You know, and match of the day is on after the news. So if you don't want to hear the scores, look away now. Before we move on to the next show, Dave, yourself and myself got to finally see the end of The Queen's Gambit last week. What did you make of it in the end? Overall, quick Oh my analysis. God. It's so good. It was so satisfying. Such a good ending. So triumphant and freeing and cathartic. And the actual last scene where 
I don't want to spoil it for people, but the last scene is just so satisfying and wonderful. It's joyous. It's it's not just joyous in terms of a cinema and a story. The character, the release, the you know she's been an orphan for so long, and the release and the triumphant kind of overcoming life's crap. It's wonderful. The final scene, the final shot, the final frame, the final line. It was excellent, and it reminded me of at the end of Inglorious Bastards, where uh, where uh, Brad Pitt is carving the swastika into um, your man's forehead. And Brad Pitt says to him, he says, you know, I think this could be my masterpiece. And it's just a lovely line to finish a movie that is, in fact, a masterpiece. And The Queen's Gambit ends with a lovely line like that. And mm. I just loved it. It was amazing. The closing scene reminded me of a scene from Love Story <laughs> with Ryan O'Neill and Ali McGraw because the gimbal shot on the last scene was just up and down and to the left and to the right and up and down. <laughs> and there was this scene in Love Story, because I only saw it for the first time about two weeks ago. Brilliant, brilliant movie from the 1970s. And there's a shot of Ryan O'Neill walking down to his father's car after playing an ice hockey match. And I'd say whoever was on the gimbal was on a tractor on top of a wheelbarrow or something like that. It was just <laughs> so bad. Like, well, that was 1972, you know? Yeah. Okay, let's move on to, and we know Lisa's going to love this because it's based in France. So let's move on to the uh, another TV series, which is on Netflix. It's Lupin. Is that good French, Lisa? Just go with Lupin. 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 Lisa, I'll, I'll let you give the heads up, but a warning I would give to people. If it automatically starts uh, dubbed in English, switch it to the original language, to French. Because, Absolutely. oh my God, it's horrendous, the dubbing in English. It's, I, I, it's I don't think I've ever watched anything dubbed on purpose. It's just started in English for me. And I was like, what, is that Will Smith talking? Or <laughs> what's the, what, I, but if that's the, the Louvre in the background. And why is it with the American accent? And, and it's getting so confused. And then I was like, how come it's, he's still talking and the actor's lips have stopped moving? And like, oh my God, they've dubbed this. And it was the worst dubbing I've seen in a long time. We put it in the original language and it's just beautiful to watch. Yeah. Lupin is uh, based on a kind of like a Sherlock Holmes type scenario in Paris in modern times. But it's based on a, a novel from the olden times. And it is about a guy that he... He tries to steal something and he's kind of masquerading as, uh, how should we say, like a rich person when he's not really a rich person. And I can't remember his name right now, but he's a really great actor. Very gripping series. I watched it a month ago, so I can't remember like everything from it. Sorry, that's really bad of me. But um, yeah, so like it's it's a gripping series and it keeps you going through the whole thing because it, like it goes through so many things. Like he, he ends up going to prison on purpose. And so he's like- Lisa is struggling not to give away spoilers again. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's so it's so difficult. It's a very Let me have a go. Synopsis. Let me have a go. Go ahead, Dave. You he's go ahead. I'll have a go. Yeah. So basically it's, it's a story about this guy played by, his name is Omar Sai. Well done. And, uh, he was in, if you might remember him from, so I sound like Troy McClure here, you might remember him from the new Jurassic Park movies. He was like as a sidekick to um, uh, Chris Pratt's character when they're training the the, the raptors. Um, yeah. But anyway, Omar saw he's a great actor. And he played, it's a, there's a backstory where when he was young, his father uh, moved to France from Senegal and he was uh, employed as a driver by these very, very wealthy people. And then his father 
gets uh, falsely accused of stealing this priceless old necklace mm -hmm. from these people and goes to prison. And then Omar Sy's character, uh, Asan Diop, is, you know, orphaned. And his father commits suicide in prison. And these rich people, you know, uh, d you know, get on with their lives. And he's left to, to fend for himself. And then some mysterious benefactor pays for him to go to a really high-end school and get a super education. And he becomes this gent. He, he, he uh, models his life around this gentleman thief called... Um, uh, as, uh, what's his name? Uh, Arsène Lupin. Arsène Lupin is a fictional um, gentleman thief. He's like Sherlock Holmes, as Lisa says, but he's a thief rather than a detective. Mm -hmm. And he's a master of disguise. So he, this guy, uh, Arsène Diop, he uses Arsène Lupin as an inspiration for his life. And he kind of becomes a kind of a gentleman thief con man um, using his high level of education. And then one day, this mysterious necklace appears on the market for sale again. And he... he Hatches this marvelous Ocean's Eleven um, Thomas Crown Affair type con trick heist to steal it to try, but he's not stealing it to make money. He's trying to get to the bottom of who did what and who framed his father and why was it done. And this is his personal quest. And he is so good. He's such a slick actor, um, Omar Sy. And the performance that he makes in this, as Lisa said, he goes to prison on purpose. And then escapes from prison with great ease. And it's all lots of heist elements and, you know, flashbacks of how he did something. And it's just glorious, glorious piece of entertainment. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. Lots of twists and turns. And a movie I would highly recommend that you catch him in is The Untouchables. Yes, that's beautiful. It's, it's film. a beautiful movie. And I believe there's a season two on the way also. Mm. Well, there has to oh, be yeah. because we don't know what happened to certain characters. No spoilers! I didn't say anything. No, but I there's a big there's a big cliffhanger at the end. There's a big cliffhanger yes. at the end, and and uh, like there's five episodes out, and I think mm -hmm. there's five more to come. I believe is the is the is the plan. But I mean, it, some of the episodes were directed by Louis Leterrier, who directed like you know the Transporter movies with um, Jason Statham, etc. And he's you know. He's a good director, and some of the direction is really excellent in it. And as you said, Gary, in French, it's just wonderful. And don't be turned off. People, some people are turned off by by um, subtitles. And if you are, you know, you can switch it over to the dubbed version. And once you get over the fact that the lip syncing is off and the accents are very Americanized, you know, you can get into the story. But as Lisa, Lisa is a is a Francophile, so she'll tell you listen to it in the correct French, French, and watch the subtitles, and they'll help you. And your French is probably better than you think. But it's it's excellent, Lisa, isn't it? Absolutely loved it. Lisa, I think we should actually do a show someday from Paris. Wouldn't that be a good idea? That would be a genius. Absolutely. If anyone has a spare uh, couple of beds in Paris mm -hmm. uh, and they'd like three Irish... Um, Gombeans. Gombeans. I, I was trying to find a nice word. Gombeans is perfect to come over. <laughs> uh, we'd be right. more than, than happy to take up the offer. Lisa, out of 10? Out of 10, definitely a 9. And if it was based in Carlo? Six. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Carlo. Just, if Paris just takes it up a notch or three. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, no, she's right. I mean, the, the you know, it being in French and the style, the clothes, um, the music, the, 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 the scenery, it just dials it up a notch. I'm going to give it like eight and a half because... It starts off really well, and then it just the, the the edges come off it a little bit, and I'm being mm -hmm. hypercritical here. Um, because, it slows down a bit. Yeah, it slows. It starts off like at a like if I was reviewing 
episode one, I'd be like, that's a 10. That's a fabulous 40 minutes of entertainment. And again, these are short episodes. They're like 40, 45 minutes each, um, which is sad because you're plowing through. You're like, next episode, ne- next thing's like, that's the end of it. You're like, what? You know? But um, <laughs> overall, I'm going to give it like eight and a half, uh, but highly recommend it. Can't wait for more. And despite the fact that I'm always saying, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy, I plowed through this in like two nights. And I only did two nights because I didn't want to, you know, overindulge. I wanted to enjoy it and let it linger in my mind until I got a closing of the thing. So uh, plow through the whole thing, five episodes. It's um, excellent. Finally then, a nice family movie, The Terror. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like yeah. literally the opposite of what it is. Well done. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. And it's not even a movie. It's a TV series as no. well. But yeah, it's supernatural, it's horror, it's got a fantastic actor, Richard Harris's son, Jared mm-hmm. Harris. Mm-hmm. Great cast, big cast. Karen Hines is there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go to Dave first. Dave? The first thing is not to confuse this with, because th- th- there is the terror infamy, which is a similar thing, and it's, it's a Japanese thing, I believe, with Jared Harris in as well from 2018. So not to be confused with that. Um, but... This is, as you said, the cast is amazing in this. Kieran Hines is in it as well, and it's the historical. It's a historical set. It's it's got historical um, anchors, pardon the pun, uh, <laughs> of um, you know this this search for uh, for um, you know a path through the the um, what's the word I'm looking for the Arctic Circle, the Northwest Passage. Yeah. Thank you. Lisa. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's it's um, it's just very very well done in terms of you know historical accuracy, costumes, even the cinematography is. I'm not going to say of the time because they didn't have cinematography, but you know it's bland and it's you know simple to go with the times. And all the the these guys are on two ships. Um, one of them is called the Terror, and the other one is called I forget what the other ship is called. Um, and they're basically breaking ice through the Northwest Passage to try and find their way through to the, to the Pacific. And, um, you know, it's all British imperialistic, you know, we will be remembered in the annals of time and history and blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, there's this terror, horror element that comes in in terms of, like, uh, ghosts and death and sickness and everything arrives. Now, um, whether you like that genre or not is obviously going to dictate whether you want to watch this or not. Um, this has been highly publicized by RTE because this is on RTE too um, and I'm sure it's elsewhere as well uh, other TV stations are available um, but it's really well done Jared Harris is excellent in everything he does he's excellent in this mm-hmm. it's a high quality piece of entertainment this um, it hasn't grabbed me pardon the pun but it hasn't grabbed me in the same way that Lupin did uh, like Lupin as soon as there's new episodes I will be watching them Zero 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 again I'm eager to watch more Whereas um, the terror, I'm not chomping at the bit to watch more, but I have it set to series link and I will watch more of it. Um, I thought it was very, very interesting. Lisa, we know you don't like horror, <laughs> but was this the one to grab you? Uh, no. Now, in all fairness, the horror isn't that bad. Like, it's not like the ring horror it's not mm. it's not like oh you're on edge the whole time and we don't know what's going to come around the corner it's not that kind of scary it's just kind of there's a menace in the background but it's not even it's not even in the radar and i'm 
I'm on episode three, but you know the horror has begun, but it hasn't really taken taken hold yet. Maybe maybe it needs to take hold in the whole series, and like I need to finish it off, and and it might get gory, and it might get scarier. But it's not it's not that scary. I'm like I'm watching it going, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you tried to get through the thing, and you got frozen, and oh well, and the Eskimo or the Inuit came along and they put, put put a curse on you, you know? So it's, it's just, it hasn't actually gripped me yet. It's not, it's not that kind of series. I don't think maybe it's a slow burner. I don't know. I think if you love these types of shows, you'd probably love it. Yeah, but it's not, it's not scary enough. Like I thought it like when it was like horror and there's like a menacing thing in the background, there was like, you know, you're going to be scared and chilled, but I'm not, even even though it's set in a freezer and you're watching it and the snow and there's ice everywhere, I'm I'm not scared at all. I know a bit of the true story, so I'm I'm waiting to see whether that comes to fruition or not. But at, up to episode three, I'm like, Meh, yeah, it's all right. It's not it's not great. Sorry, but the cinematography is wonderful, and the production design is wonderful. All of that, like a lot of work gone into it, and a lot of great performances so far. But but as regards horror and chilling, it's it's not really that scary. I think you've hit the nail in the head there, Lisa. In terms of like, it's not a horror slasher thriller that you know. In terms of like movies, the way we think of movies, they only yeah. have two hours. We've already, this is the third time we're talking about this today. But you know. They have two hours to get in there, get your heart racing, get you scared, get the blood and guts all over the screen and whatever. Mm. And whereas this is obviously maybe they're playing the long game. Maybe it is more of a slow burner. Maybe you're right. And like, maybe. I think you're you're bang on there in terms of like, there's a menace in the air. Even in the yeah. sound effects, there's a noise in the background almost at times. And there's, you know, almost, you know, this, this, you know, curses and this kind of stuff. It, it almost kind of, it almost has a similar kind of uh, atmosphere as, I don't know, the original Twin Peaks or something, you know, slow burner, you know, you're just waiting for something to happen, but that in itself can be compelling. And I think you rightly say, I think I, I'm kind of, I'm not gripped by it, but I'm I'm hooked in in terms of like, I want to see where this is going. And I think there might be a good finale to this. I think it might, yeah. I think it, yeah, I think it might develop and it might um, pay off. Okay. So Dave, out of 10 for the terror. At the moment, I'm going to give it a not, terrorable seven because it's solidly well made good actors um as lisa alluded to you know it's 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 a historical historically accurate basis the story but then they're adding the supernatural pepper across the top of it so i'm going to give it a seven with the hope that it pays off but if you ask me at the end of the series it'll either go to nine or down to a five depending on how it plays out but i'm going to give it a seven for today lisa I'm going to give it a six because I'm up to season or episode three and I am not hooked, but I want to be hooked. I, you know, I want, I want, I just, I want to be hooked. So I'm giving, I'm, I'm hopeful for an eight maybe towards the end, but we'll see. Okay. Fingers crossed. And everything's still up here as well as to regards when cinemas will reopen because it looks like level five will remain in Ireland until possibly May, 2021. So uh, it'll be interesting to see when the hospitality sector will get a chance to reopen, including cinemas. So an interesting year ahead. <laughs> we could be Netflixing for uh, another year or so. Yeah, mm. I think I think just based on that information alone, Gary, I think we might need to uh, 
stretch out our allocation and only do two <laughs> shows a week because we'll run out of stuff to review if we keep going this way. And there's nothing new. It's like a Hollywood, like somewhere in Hollywood, there's like a stack of brand new stuff that they're just too tight to release online, like the Bond movie and all the rest of it. And we're all yeah. sitting here going, twiddling, twiddling our thumbs, kind of going, right, give us something new. And um, yeah, strange, strange times ahead, Garrett. There you go. That is it for this episode of Just Like in the Movies. Thanks for listening. And don't be afraid to get in touch with us via social media. So, Lisa, Dave, thank you. You're welcome. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye.